Hey friends, are you unsure of what to say on social media or what to even send in your weekly emails? Well, what if creating content could be easy? Would you be looking for a shortcut to creating consistent content? Yes, consistent content, because you know consistency is key. Well, let me tell you, you are not alone when you feel like you're struggling on what to post or what to write in emails. And we know that you have that product part of your business down. But as you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know that to get more people to your products, to buy your products, you need to create great content. Oh, I know. I see. I keep saying content, and that's the dreaded C word. And we can't tell you how many product bosses tell us that they want to create great content for their audience and their customers, but they don't know what to say, or they are so busy they can't find the time, or they really, really, really don't want to be the face of their brand. Well, no worries, because that's exactly why we created a year of content. It is your shortcut to creating consistent, content that resonates with your audience and brings more loyal customers who can't wait to buy your products. If you want to see how easy this is and how easy it is to create content for your audience and your customers, head to www.ayearofcontent.com. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlositev, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my incredible co-host, Mina Kunlositep. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. We're really excited to have a very special guest on with us today. We have Marcel Schwantes. He is an international speaker, executive coach, and syndicated columnist, attracting over 1.5 million readers monthly to his thought leadership. His work has been featured in Inc., Time, Business Insider, Fast Company, The New York Daily News, CNBC, Forbes, and many other global media outlets. We're so excited to invite him onto the podcast. He has shared virtual stages with Mark Cuban, Damon John, Michael Strahan, and so many others. Well, welcome to the podcast, Marcel. It's a blast to be here. I'm glad uh, we can have this conversation. Same. I think you're going to add so much value um, to our listeners and really as they start to think about leadership, so you host the wildly popular podcast, Love in Action. So tell us a little bit more about your podcast. Right. So that podcast uh, started with... Well, it was really born out of my, my thought leadership of uh, if you want to have strong leadership and strong company cultures, uh, it starts with human empowerment, right? Well, I went a little, a little further than that. Uh, nobody's actually calling human empowerment and employee engagement um, by what it truly is, and that's you care for your employees. You, 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 know, you, you build them up and uh, you nurture them and you create paths for careers and you for, help, help them to flourish in the workplace. Because when you do that, as business leaders know, that creates value and it leads to great business outcomes. But nobody's calling it love. Care, empathy, compassion, respect. You, you hear all those terms being sort of tied into 
uh, leadership and or servant leadership and in those great company cultures that we know about, like the Southwest Airlines of the world. But when you start to look under the hood, the employees are well taken care of. They're loved. And so I went where nobody else has gone before, <laughs> I think, <laughs> from a business standpoint. You know, I think there are many, many podcasts out there with the word love in it, but not one that actually talks about the business world. And, uh, and so I named it Love in Action, which is the, the skills that we need to have, the human skills or the essential skills um, that these days, or used to be called soft skills, now they're essential skills. Really, the, the hard stuff is the soft, the, what used to be called the soft stuff is what, um, what leads to you know, loving behaviors, which then translates to good business outcomes. So Love in Action. I love that so much, pun intended there. And <laughs> she's a comical one this way. I know, right? Uh, what I really love about that too is that really what we're really starting to see is just this combination of taking care and loving on your employees and they, you know, and in return you receive that. And then it also spills over into your customers. You really build that into your business. I'd like to kind of chat about it from like a small business standpoint. What are you seeing? Are you seeing that as getting to be more of what will happen in, you know, the rest of the year, or, you know, what year is it? 2021, 2022. As we move forward, as small businesses are getting to be, have more access and um, getting to grow themselves, what, what do you think would be a great tip for them? Or, or where do you see it going as well? Well, this is such a great kind of open-ended question, Mina, because, well, you know, you brought me in here uh, and, and I, and we talked offline a little bit, like how important it is to talk about the leadership and the culture side of growing and scaling uh, a business. Because what I find in my 20 plus years of, of doing this and looking at client exit data, exit reports, that why people quit and things like that, uh, it always go back to leadership. Almost, I can say uh, quite confidently that probably over 80% of the time when I look at why people leave companies or why companies fail to scale, uh, it, it goes right back to leadership, leadership decisions, the lack of the right leadership talent at the top, right? So in this day and age, so if you're you know, in a kind of startup mode and you're growing, the first thing you need to do is you look at the the values that you have instilled in your organization. A lot of um, entrepreneurs that I've worked with that um, have a great business model, they're going through several stages of funding. They start to grow like crazy. And to keep up, they have to hire people like crazy, right? Uh, and well, therein lies the problem is that they don't have a baseline of who to hire based on these on a, a, a set of shared values that uh, people will agree on. Hey, we're going to make decisions based on something that, uh, you know, my first few employees and, and the founders and the partners, et cetera, agree. This is who we are. And we're not, these are non-negotiables for us. Uh, even if it means that you're going to walk away from, from a business, um, so be it. And so, the first thing that I always say is, what are your core values as an organization? And do those core values match with the personal values of the founders? And, you know, those first employees. So speaking of core values, which is such an incredible point, because we've shared this with our masterminders and with our students, is that sometimes when you're hiring, you might hire based on values versus actual skills. Because you can always teach skill, but do their values align? We had hired someone a few months back that 
everything looked good on paper, right? The resume was was perfect. The interviews seemed appropriate. But then when that person started working within the company and the company culture, we saw that the culture actually shifted. That people who had worked with us for years were acting kind of funny. There was dominance in the conversations. There was um, the values it's a different aligned. dynamic. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And we yeah. actually realized very quickly there, well, on paper, this person was the things that we needed from a values perspective. It didn't align and it was actually going to do a lot more damage to the company Ooh. than if we kept, you know, than if we kept them and tried to, you can't really instill values in people. Right? And unfortunately, so you probably brought on uh, a rock star that had a lot of maybe technical knowledge, uh, was uh, skilled in some area, but had influence over the culture. And, uh, and that, that person, this is now I'm speaking in generalities. When you bring somebody like that, because they're a rock star in some area, technical, functional, uh, but they don't match the values, their toxicity seeps in through these outside forces that unfortunately, because they were not aligned with, with your cultural values, uh, it's like a cancer growing inside the body, right? So you need to cut it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I have a quick question actually from a small business perspective, and this is from personal experience. So I've had my own business for 15 years. This is my other business outside of the one Mina and I have together. And when it's a small business, and let's say it's a very small team, it might be you and one other person. Sometimes what happens there as the leader, the especially I'm not, I'm going to generalize as well. I'm going to say yeah. maybe from a, a woman's perspective, there's a friendship that's formed. There's a personal, when you say coming from a, like from a loving perspective, from heart-centered, I think sometimes it's hard there to, as a leader, what's heart-centered versus what's too friendly or too interpersonal where it starts to really mix that dynamic. Because when I had hired somebody, it was very hard to let her go because I was concerned about her personal life her um her lease you know how is she going to pay her bills because we were friends and i knew more about her business or more about her personally and so letting her go was the right thing for the company but from a personal level it was really hard so i'm just curious for these smaller business owners that maybe have one or two key people how they can step into that leadership uh role and be positioned in that way and still lead from a heart centered place but then it doesn't crisscross into that personal relationship as well that's a that's a tough one if you only have one employee, right? Because right. you're probably already best friends with that person. Uh, it might be somebody that you, I don't know, grew up with and and decided to, to start a business together. Um, so if if you're growing as a business, I think that you have to have some kind of some kind of something to shoot for that keeps you aligned with the business and leave the personal stuff out of the way. You know what? You can still be friends, even if it doesn't work out, right? You can agree that we have a business so there's a, a business relationship that that happens during you know during working hours and uh, and then have boundaries around that what are, what are acceptable behaviors first as a leader right what what are some boundaries that i need to set for myself as a leader that i'm not overstepping on this other employee and, and i think that but that's a real tough one because if you only have one person uh gosh it's it, and maybe it is the leader to say, okay, well, uh, I'm, I need to have a kind of a, a come to Jesus meeting with you about how we should interact when we are inside our corporate walls or whatever that means these days in, in over Zoom or because the business is at stake. And sometimes relationships the, or, or being in the wrong t- kind of relationship will hurt the business, right? 
And uh, you know how the, the, all of the emotional aspects of relationships, like any relationship, right? Whether it's a, with a partner, a spouse, a best friend, it's up and down. Sometimes you hurt each other's feelings. You step on toes. There's conflict you have to work through. Well, that can happen during, in, in a business, right? But it shouldn't. I mean, there are things that uh, should not happen in, in the way of, of two friends getting together and, and, and all of a sudden having an argument that has nothing to do with the business, but it's during business hours or during the time you work on the business that is going to affect you emotionally to the point where you may not perform as well or may not be in the right mindset to now you know, work. And because uh, you got all these other personal issues. So it sounds like very clear boundaries. Uh, clear boundaries, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, and clear expectations for, hey, this is how we c- conduct ourselves uh, when we are doing work. So when you're thinking about values and, and how to really begin a culture, you know, I think a lot of people start and a culture seems a little bit further away if you don't have a team yet, but you do have to kind of start at the very beginning thinking of what you're wanting to build. So how do you get to that point? How do you actually know? Are there any tips for, you know, how do you know what uh, the values could or should be? Are there any exercises? How often should you do them? What could you give um, as like a starting point? Yeah, that's that's good, Mina. So uh, we teach in our courses that obviously start with what are our foundational organizational values. And again, that could be you take the, maybe a, a couple of co-founders and maybe the first employee, you get together and say, okay, what's going to be those, those values that are going to shape how we make decisions, how we conduct ourselves with each other, uh, with our partners, key stakeholders, clients, customers, et cetera, right? And, and agree what, what floats to the top. And then now you have sort of, you know, a set criteria. And then as you bring new employees, you make sure that they align with your corporate values and then test it out, right? As, the, as you scale and grow and you bring in more employees, you test it out and, and, and see if, because you might bring in a person that has this unique um, set of skills and uh, a, a way of seeing the world or maybe even, you know, a way of uh, dealing with customers that could become a new core value that's going to work to your advantage as a business. So you want to always explore and probe other people for what they bring to the table, right? What unique set of eyes are they looking through the world with, right? So, so then you can expand on, on the values and then reiterate that same exercise. All right, let's, let's take a time out. Okay, we've grown. It's six months later, a year later. Are we still what we said we were a year ago? And if not, what's important to us right now? Okay, great. And then the other thing that I think that um, people miss out on as far as shaping culture is that there are work behaviors, uh, actual traits that lend to success on the job. So, you know, pick a position that, um, that you're hiring for and, uh, and then hire based on the traits you want for that position. So, you know, if you're hiring a salesperson, well, salespeople are by nature outgoing and good people person and proactive, you know, self-starter type of people. So you want to make sure that now you're, you're designing uh, a, 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 a job description. And I'm not, even, I'm not even saying just on paper, but I'm saying like, 
you know, you're designing this work around this ideal person that you picture in your mind is going to be great for this position, whatever that is, sales or, you know, social media strategist. But uh, at times, though, we don't know because we don't have any record of, well, what would be what would be a, a successful person for this new position of ours? So you got to get a little creative. Maybe talk to competitors and say, hey, what, what has worked well for you guys for X, Y, Z position? And what traits lend to success on the job? And you can start there. And then as you grow, now let's say you got 10 employees, 15 employees. Now you can get your top performers in a room and say, what is it about you guys that you're so good at what you do? So it's not, not about the job description, right? That, yeah, that's nice. That's HR stuff and you post it up. But no, we're talking about the, the day-to-day stuff that gets them up in the morning to rock on that job that they're doing or you know, to just wow their, their, their customer, right? So those are the intangibles. It's the traits that lend to success. It's the stuff that you don't really, sometimes it, you know, it, it flies below the radar. You have to kind of get to understand the person and the human nature of somebody that's doing the work to say, ah, okay, now we can, we can kind of replicate this, this, this person that's with us, right? That's a, that's a top performer and higher based on that. So now you, you kind of have a, now you, you have, you already have a sort of a human template for, um, who you want to bring in for any any position, and uh, yeah, and and then rituals, right? I mean, a culture is uh, is a to have a a healthy culture where people respect each other and they they share their values. Usually, they have these customs and these rituals that they do together that feels like a family, like feels like they belong. Um. And, uh, you know, in, in a, in maybe it's a diversity, right? So w- what's a ritual that every month, every week, every day, uh, if diversity is one of your values, how do you demonstrate that we are a diverse organization where people's different voices um, are respected and we, we want to hear your voice on new ideas, et cetera. If that's a value, then you need to demonstrate it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to reinforce it over and over. So then you make, may come up with rituals. Maybe it's, I don't know, during, during your lunch routine or your uh, morning huddles, et cetera. So. Question for you, product boss. How much time, effort, and money do you spend promoting your business each year? Do you feel like it's paying off? Are you getting tons of visibility or do you feel like you're struggling to get more eyes on your products? This is exactly why we created the Small Business Shopping Directory. The Small Business Shopping Directory is an all-in-one place for customers to shop, discover, and support small product businesses every day. It's a place for you to be visible to new customers and get discovered. The Small Business Shopping Directory is the number one small product-based business directory that gets your business in front of thousands of customers who want to support and buy from small businesses just like yours. It's a perfect way to get your products in front of eager buyers this season without having to spend thousands on ads. Our goal is to get you more visibility and to get more eyes on your business. And here's the best part. We're doing this together. 
The directory is a way for small businesses like yours to join forces and create a big impact because customers can finally find you online and offline. They can support you with their purchasing power. It will take all of us to create this movement of supporting small and we can do it together. So are you in? We invite you to join the small business shopping directory. This is your personal invitation to get listed today. You can get up and running in just minutes. So don't wait. You can join now and get your listing by heading to shop one in five.com and click on the link to get listed. And that's where I was going to go with company culture. You know, my background is the fashion industry in Southern California. And a lot of the times where we saw company culture really push forward was in the surf and skate industry. So for example, I think my friend worked for Quicksilver. And during the summers, there was like Friday beach days where they went and then they were able to take surf lessons, for example. As I'm a so team. jealous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Southern California, but surf lessons. And so it was the idea of like, if, even if you were, you know, I was a swimwear designer. I didn't come from the surf and skate culture, but let's say they hired me because I was talented in that way. Then I could have then gotten into the culture because that idea of also knowing the culture you're creating for your customers, your consumers, um, that you want to live in that sort of world. And I think sometimes we've, Mina comes out of the advertising industry. We, um, my friends that used to work in the advertising industry, I remember going into one of their huge, beautiful offices. Cause we're talking small businesses versus these bigger businesses. And yeah. they had collaborative rooms where they all could sit down at, you know, whether there's coffee and beer served, you know, that's part of the culture. But like you said, it stems from the founders. What do they want to create? So as smaller businesses sharing smaller businesses, I mean, we're a smaller business. I think we have about 15 to 20 people working for us right now, um, which it's getting bigger and we're a completely virtual team. I love this idea of company culture. And maybe we can talk about that a bit on ways that we might be able to create that virtually. Because I think sometimes in person, it makes more sense than virtually creating company culture. Yeah, for sure. When I worked in the advertising agency, I did overflow work. So I didn't participate in these. I, I viewed them as an outsider. I didn't love to participate because I always felt like, it wasn't for me um, because I was a contractor. Um, but they had every Friday, they would have Corona Fridays. Now this is pre-COVID. So there's a different type of Corona. <laughs> it's not coronavirus. It's a <laughs> well, I'm on a roll today, I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> so they had Corona beers, they had lime, all that stuff. And then on the other Fridays, like one Friday a month, they would have um, bring your pet in. So everybody would bring in their dogs or their, one person would bring in their cat, which I didn't love, but I was allergic to it. So, <laughs> but it really bonded people together because they were able to see like a lot of people cared for their pets or they would, you know, the, it was a modern version of the water cooler and ad agency because it was Corona beers, you know? So I thought that was really cool. I love this idea of a, you know, a ritual. I think it's innately when we do this, you know, as moms, I do this really with my kids, like the peach in the pit. Sometimes people do that or, you know, what's something you're grateful for the day. It could be very woven into, um, you know, a business. I know that one of the journals that I did or had for the next 90, it was what's a weed and what's a seed. And then Larissa Loden, who was our mastermind, she started picking that up for her company. So I love this idea. I think it's excellent, Marcel. You know, and I want to touch on something because we got to make sure that um, as, as we hear about rituals, people tend to associate rituals with, you know, those, those nice perks, right? Like you think of Google, great culture, and you got all these perks, you know, they're, they have their nap pods and their climbing walls. And, and I mean, you already mentioned, you know, bring your walk, your dog to work day. 
and you got the free food, the coffee, the free massage. But and well, we're in the COVID era, sort of a still, um, although a lot of us are going back to a hybrid uh, environment and some companies are actually going back to work full time. I mean, in the office, right? So whatever the case may be, is it's important that if you have rituals and people are having fun and there's cool perks, but you got 60% turnover, well, it kind of defeats the purpose of having any of those stuff, any of that stuff, because you have to tie it to always tie it to business outcomes. You have to tie it to people flourishing at work. You have to tie it to high performance, right? So it's not just, I hate my job, but hey, um, tomorrow we get to have a, a Nerf gunfight or whatever you call <laughs> mm-hmm. it, you know, Nerf war. I'm actually using a real life example from a previous <laughs> company about 10 years ago. Are they in right? Silicon Valley? <laughs> I, 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 and that, I'm not, but I was, that was happening here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, okay. where I'm uh. from. And I was still back in, the, in those days in the corporate world. So I, I got to see why people were quitting their work. And this company, fun, the word fun was one of their core values. But they weren't, were they living, they were kind of forcing fun to happen, you know, with these cool little games, you know, we had the Nerf war one time and we had a blast running around shooting each other, right? With Nerf guns. But yeah, on Monday, Monday morning, things were exactly the way they were on Friday. People are dragging into work, they're hitting their boss, they're hitting their work and going through the motions. And so when we talk about rituals, it's, it's really tied to a culture that is a high-performing culture because they have great leadership and, um, and the people are taken care of. And that's what makes a great culture. And then the rituals and the perks are sort of the icing on the cake and a cherry on top. Right. So then what, I don't, any, if you can't get into the specifics, but what was then off at that company that made it that, you know, Friday and Monday just dragged and people dragged Ooh. in? Like, what was the disconnect there? share secrets with you now. Okay. <laughs> no one, no one's listening. Don't yeah, worry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just between the three of us. Yeah, just um, the three. <laughs> well, I, I looked at the exit interview reports because I was doing them. I, I was the, you know, the, the spearheading talent management, talent development. And, and the, the number, the number five reason why people were quitting was because of the CEO. At that time, that CEO is a toxic person. Brilliant, brilliant strategist, extremely creative, but was a horrible leader. And Mm -hmm. I had the data to prove it. And so that was one of the reasons. But that was fun taking that to the CEO. (laughs) Yeah. And to see, as you would imagine, if you take something like that to a CEO who is a bully... He's not going to take it too well. He's not going to back down from that. So that was not a good experience. Mm-hmm. And that led to my own resignation. So I added myself to the, <laughs> to the exit interview report and left. And uh, about not even six months after that, that company folded. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So there's a little bit of self-doubt creeping in as a CEO of my business, for example, because sometimes we don't know, and this is probably speaking for our listeners as well, are we toxic to our, you know, to our employees? So, Short answer, no. No, <laughs> but I'm just, but I'm trying to say like there's self-doubt that comes in where you're like, because I think then sometimes as a business owner, right? Because you're so personal. It's, it's the idea of like, 
am I nice enough? Like, should I tell them when they're wrong? You know, it's self-doubt as a leader because we're not, we have to learn to be leaders. We're not born, you know, it's not something that's just like poof, one day you wake up and you're like, Hey, I'm leading this company. Um, and so I guess there's that idea there of like, um, self-development, self-reflection, you know, we all have different personalities. So maybe the team we're creating is aligned with a different type of personality each, right? I know I live in New Jersey now and New Jersey is very different than LA. So, you know, I've had to adapt my personality a bit to like just being in with different like cultures of people. And I say that in the way of just like, you know, it's that East Coast mentality. Like, why are you talking to me? You're so chit-chatty LA person. (laughs) So (laughs) And chill. Chill, Um, Yeah. But yeah, I love this question because really, you know, it, it has been a learning experience even for myself and Jacqueline going, being kind of thrust into leadership. It was something we we're building, but definitely something we're developing. So what are some things, what are some traits, some exercises that our small business owners could work on that might help yeah. them facilitate becoming better leaders and right. leaders that people want to follow? Can I share our secret sauce with you guys? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and by the way, it's totally okay. We're humans and we're imperfect. We're, we're not, you know, we're, I mean, everybody makes mistakes, the best of us. And, and sometimes we suffer with, from what's called imposter syndrome. And if you're there, just cut yourself some slack and realize that, you know what, that, yeah, we're all on the learning curve here. There is no perfect leader. Um, and, uh, and so the leadership is, is really a journey, right? There are stops along the way on the path. And just when you thought you arrived at the top of the mountain, well, guess what? Look up again. Sounds so, like parenting a little. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because sometimes you are parenting, you know, kids in, in, at work. And mm-hmm. I say that, you know, metaphorically. I mean, some, some employees are going to act like kids. So, mm-hmm. But if you want to have a, a, a baseline for how to be a good leader. Well, yeah, you have to have a criteria and always go back to the research. So everything we do is evidence-based and we're not just picking stuff off of this book and this book and that TED talk and that YouTube video. And, and so the, the, the criteria that we come from, that we are informed by what great leadership looks like is servant leadership. And so that's, you know, kind of a counterintuitive and people like, ah, servant leadership, you know, the word servant rubs people off the wrong way. And right now you've probably lost about 20 listeners. Sorry. Apologies in advance. (laughs) Come back, everyone. It's just us three, remember? It's just us three here. (laughs) Um, So I point, I always point to then if you want to build a great company culture or a, a leadership culture going to be that is going to attract your employees and retain you, your employees. Then our, uh, the, the science that we are informed by points to six key behaviors. And so these are really building blocks. If you want to build a company around the leadership, this is what they are. I'm going to give them to you right now. Okay. So number one is you want leaders that um, display authenticity. So that speaks to, I won't get into too much detail. I'll be here for an hour, but it's display authenticity speaks to vulnerability. Uh, it speaks to how transparent are we with, with, you know, with each other, uh, with our customers. And, uh, and, uh, and authenticity is all about building trust, right? I think that people miss the point that if you are showing vulnerability, 
I mean, Brene Brown has her whole research on this and has written multiple books on, on, on this. Vulnerability builds trust with people because now they are also willing to be vulnerable as well. And it's still seen as a, a soft and, and, and fuzzy word, but it's really kind of a buff masculine when you, when you look at the, the, the most successful leaders, Steve Jobs and, uh, and Elon Musk, et cetera. They don't hold back when it comes to when they have to give the bad news, good news, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. They're authentic about what's really going on, and sometimes you have to say what you know what needs to be said, and not sweep things under the rug, and or and talk about your failures as well. Great leaders talk about, hey, we're you know in COVID times, so there's a lot of mental health stuff going on, and uh, leaders are suffering with the rest of us employees as well. And so it's okay for leaders to just kind of remove the mask and, and be real. Don't compartmentalize your feelings because now it's, it, it's eight in the morning and now I have to engage my staff. So I'm going to put on the boss mask or the founder mask, right? No, no, don't do that. Actually just integrate your whole being and bring back bring that to work. No, I'm not saying that if you are a jerk that you show up as a jerk to work, right? But authenticity just means being emotionally honest with what's really going on. Whether you got good news or bad news. And people will learn that the words match the actions with my boss, you know, my whoever. So they begin to trust you on an on a emotional level as well. They begin to connect with you because there's trust there. The second, going back to my secret sauce, that what we teach, this is in our course. So uh, it's value people. So servant leaders value people. That's the crux of why you're going to be a, a servant leader is you meet the needs of others, right? So value people, there's so many things that you can do to value your employees. We, talk, we already talked of, of, about a few of them. Maybe bring in some rituals to, uh, to you know, and, and hire people on values and then, and then reward them for exemplifying good, you know, good behaviors and, and showing good values, et cetera, in their decisions, right? So, and valuing people can be lots of different things. I mean, how, how do we value people these days? We're, there's, uh, the, the lines between work and home are blurred. We, you know, we're working out of the house uh, for a lot of people still, like remote work. And, uh, and so valuing people is valuing their time that, hey, just because you're accessible 24-7 doesn't mean that I'm going to infringe in your personal time or call you on weekends. I value your family time <laughs> or the time you have with your dog, right? So... Uh, and so that's valuing people. Just one example. The third building block of servant leadership, if you're going to build a leadership culture and build yourself up as a leader, is to, uh, is to provide leadership. So that's more of the, the hard side of leadership. So you have to have accountability. You have to um, set the right expectations. You have to have clear goals and measures of success for uh, for your, you know, for your people. So that balances out the servant part, right? You still demand excellence and you hold people's feet to the fire. If, hello, if they violate those values, well, you're not only hiring based on your values, but guess what? 
there are non-negotiables. So you're going to have to fire somebody for violating the values. And I've consulted clients to, to say, well, they're on the fence. Oh, Marcel, we don't know. Should we fire this person? Okay, well, Mr. Client, tell me your values again. Respect? Okay. Does this person respect your, your fellow peers, coworkers, and, and customers? Uh, well, not really. Okay. Integrity is your other value. Does this person act in integrity? Uh, okay. By, by now, they're like, okay, Marcel, we got the point. Next day, he's gone. So, um, so that's, you know, you, you want to be able to, that comes from the provide leadership because when, when you demonstrate that you have boundaries, that, that even if you're a rock star and you're billing tons of hours, hey, it's more of a detriment to have a person that violates and brings toxicity into the workplace than keeping that person on. So you got to cut, cut somebody loose that does, that does not reflect your values and is not walking the talk. All right. So that's the third one. So the fourth one is you got, now that you, you know, you're providing leadership, direction, setting goals, expectations. Well, you also want to share your leadership. And this is a tough one, ladies, because if you're coming from a, <laughs> a top-down command and control hierarchy, well, guess what? You're going to have an allergic reaction to sharing your leadership, huh? No way. I'm all about it. I'm all about telling people what to do. It's, I don't want to give away my power. Well, in sharing leadership, you, you have to give away your power. And, and in doing so, you're raising up the leadership of your culture by pushing your authority down. So now in sharing leadership, it, 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 uh, it solves the micromanagement problem. You never have to micromanage someone if you're actually helping that person and, and, and giving them new skills. and. Uh, raising their competencies so that they don't have to come to you, the boss, all the time about, hey, what should I do? In, uh, hey, boss, uh, what do I do in this, in this situation? No, because that person has the freedom and ownership to make decisions on their own. And, but the reason they, they can do that is because the boss says, I believe in you, and I'm going to build you up and give you the right skills to go and just do your thing. You don't have, have to come to me. So that's share leadership. It's just pushing that authority down and releasing your control, releasing your power and giving it to others. Fifth is you got to develop your people, plain and simple. People need to grow. They are naturally wired to grow. Biologically, it's, it's, it's in the science, right? They don't want to stay stagnating. And it, well, even if they want to stay in the same role for 20 years, there's still ways that you can help that person grow within that, that role or in the company by increasing their responsibility. So it's not just like upward mobility and going up the career ladder. No, no. It's growing as a whole person, professional development and personal development, right? So that's the fifth one. And then the last one, we, we rounded out with the leadership trait of, and again, this is team leadership, right? So some of the concepts, concepts I gave you go to self-leadership. This one is definitely team leadership. It's building community. So build community is all about fostering relationships and, and reinforcing relationships between peers and coworkers to have a healthy culture. And, uh, and so this is helping people to feel like they belong. Um, 
and that they are connecting, I mean, especially if you're 100% remote, how are you going to make sure that if that is even a value, yeah, you got connect or we belong as a value statement. Well, how are you, how are you exhibiting that, um, you know, in your culture to reinforce those values? So building community, it also talks about diversity and inclusion. So big terms now, right? Diversity, equity, and inclusion, buzz terms. So that speaks to building community. You want a diverse culture so that people that have different voices, they're still a community, but they're sharing different ideas and opinions and expressions uh, coming from mul multiple sides, well, not just ethnicity, but you know, genders, sexual orientations, uh, I mean, age, generations, right? Uh, so you, uh, you want to, uh, that there's strength in diversity that actually, according to the science, leads to really good business outcomes. In fact, a diverse group will outperform a group of subject matter experts time and time again. So really, it's the, those six, that's what we start our conversations with. And then uh, and we coach people then to develop these awesome cultures based around those six principles. And that's our secret sauce. I love it. So extremely helpful. I feel like that gives us kind of a roadmap into trying to create a, you know, a healthy and happy culture. So um, thank you for that, Marcel. Uh, Dr. Were you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that's part of, I came out of a very toxic, I worked for a very toxic business. <laughs> and so when I started formally, <laughs> formally, not this one years ago, <laughs> but that was one of the main reasons I started my business. And for me, a value was that I will always work with people I like. That was actually like the number one reason I started my own business. So if I ever hired anybody, the people around me, even my customers were people that I liked, you know, like you said, like you said, they didn't, they didn't infringe on certain values, even if it was a retailer, you know, that was extra special um, in terms of personality. If it didn't align, then it wasn't worth the the headache or how it would disrupt the company. So I really resonated with so much of what you said. So thank you for sharing your secret sauce with our listeners. Thank you. Yeah, I wrote notes while you were saying that. Um, one quick question I was yeah. wondering is that you know how you said there are certain values. How how front-facing should that be? Should it be internal or external? Definitely, ex well, both, but both. Don't, don't shy away from external because you want to be brand ambassadors. The people in your organization are going to be good recruiting sources for you. If they are bragging about those, those values, then put them out, hang them out. On, okay. on, on your front door, right? <laughs> Let me give you a brochure. Door. It's like the DoorDash guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love for you to share with our listeners how they can, you know, if they're interested in your course, because it sounds incredible as they're developing leadership in their companies, um, how they could sign up for that, where else they can connect with you and listen to your podcast. Yeah, best way. Thank you so much. That best way to go and learn more about it is on my website. So that's marcelschwantes.com. If you Google my name, you're going to end up pretty much all over the place. That, we'll put it in, in the, the show notes. Right don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good. Thank you. Because uh, yeah. I'm about to spell the. I wasn't going to about to spell the name. <laughs> so, but MarcelSchwantes.com will land you there. There's a sub tab called Virtual Training, and uh, and then in there you can engage with me, watch a little video, and then schedule an appointment. Only 15 minutes long, and I'll just share more about. 
what the commitment is. And, uh, you know, we're, we're taking people in right now. So amazing. So exciting. Thank you for, you know, for creating that and for helping teach leadership in this way and from a value-based way. I think it's so appropriate for where the world is moving for where we are today in 2021 and where we're going to go. It's really going to change workplace and workforce. Um, so they can listen to your pop, your podcast, Love in Action. Is that everywhere we listen to podcasts? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Apple, Apple Podcasts, Google, all over Spotify and on uh, my website, Love in Action uh, tab on my website. We'll get you there as well. Amazing. So everyone go subscribe. Thank you for sharing so much with us. And again, we're not going to... you know, It's just between the three of us, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thanks so much, uh, Marcel. This this is a blast. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive. And we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. This episode is brought to you by the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge and Small Business Shopping Directory. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. So head to shop1in5.com to take the pledge. And friend, while you are there, check out and shop from hundreds of small businesses in the Small Business Shopping Directory. It's the go-to directory to discover, support, and shop small businesses all in one place. Head to shop1in5.com.